0: Good singing this morning, glad that you're here, and uh, everyone's had a good week, and uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 51. And when you're turning there, let me give you an announcement or two. Remember that uh, next Sunday starts our fall revival, and uh, we're excited to have Brother David Crow, the director of North American Ministries, uh, Free Will Baptist, uh, with us, um, uh, preaching for us next week. And so, be praying for Brother David, and be praying uh, a- as well for you, and asking the Lord to to speak to your heart. And uh, hope you'll be able to be here uh, each of those services, um, eleven o'clock and seven o'clock on Sunday, and at seven o'clock um, Monday through Wednesday as well. So and we'll have a, a potluck uh dinner at 5:30 Sunday night so uh, remember that be bring your favorite uh whatever's and uh so we'll be we'll be looking forward to that Isaiah chapter 51 is where we find ourselves this morning and uh it's, uh this morning it's time to wake up and uh if you're like me I don't like mornings very much I'm definitely not a morning person uh, it takes me a little while to get uh, chugging along and um you know sometimes it just you know you're, you're it just takes you a while when you wake up to get uh, awake uh and get moving and get, get ready for uh the day. Um, we we all probably have wasted a lot of time getting ready uh in the morning. Uh And sometimes that happens in our spiritual life as well. We get so spiritually tired and so spiritually asleep that it's hard for us to wake up. And that's where Israel found itself um, in Isaiah's day. And so Isaiah remembers Prophet um, spoke a great deal about uh, the coming of the Lord. Uh, And he reminds us of some important truths of why it's important to be awake and actively working and uh, waiting on the Lord. So let's take a look, beginning in verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 51. Uh, Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and the hole of the pit from which you, where you were dug. Look to Adam your, or Abraham, your father, to, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him, And increased him. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all of her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Listen to me, my people. And give ear to me, O my nation. For law will proceed from me. And I will make my justice rest as a light of the people. My righteousness is near, and my salvation is gone forth, and my arms will judge the peoples, the coastlands will wait upon me, and on my arm they will trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look on the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish away like smoke, the earth will grow old like a garment, and those who dwell in it will die in like manner, but my salvation will be forever." and my righteousness will not be abolished. Listen to me, you who know righteousness. The people in whose heart is my law do not fear the reproach of men, nor be afraid of their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool, and my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. Awake! Awake! Put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient of days and generations of old. And are you not uh, the arm that cut Rahab apart and wounded the serpent? Are you not the one who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, and that made the depths of the sea a road for the redeemed to cross over? So the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. With everlasting joy on their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die, and of a son of a man who will be made like grass? And you forget the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have feared continually every day because the fury of the oppressor when he is prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile hastens that he may be loosed, that he should not die in the pit, and that his bread should not fail. But I am the Lord your God, who divided the sea, whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. Awake, awake. Stand up, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk at the hand of the Lord. The cup of his fury, you have drunk the dredge of the cup of trembling and drained it out. There is no one to guide her among all the sons she has brought forth, nor is there any who takes her by the hand among all the sons that she has brought up. These two things have come to you, who will be sorry for you, desolation and destruction, famine and sword. By whom shall, will I comfort you? Your sons have fainted, they lie at the head of all the streets like an antelope in a net, they are full of the fury of the Lord and the rebuke of your God. Therefore, please hear this, you afflicted and drunk, but not with wine. Thus says your Lord, the Lord and your God, who pleads the cause of his people. See, I have taken out of your hand the cup of trembling and the dregs of the cup of my fury. You shall not shall no longer drink it, but I will put it in the hand of those who afflict you have said to you, lie down, that we may walk over you, and you have laid your body like the ground as the street, and those who walk over. Interesting uh, reminder uh, that Isaiah gives to the people. Remember that the northern, by the time of Isaiah, the northern kingdoms had been taken captive and carted off uh, by the Assyrians. The Babylonians were coming um, to take away the the southern kingdom. Uh, and they ultimately would, but several years after Isaiah uh, gave this word uh, to the Lord, hoping, and the Lord constantly reminding them, hey, come back to me, and you know, I'll forgive you and I'll restore you. But the people continually rejected that message. And lest we fault them too much, we do the same today. There are a lot of people that the Lord deals with over and over and over and over again. Uh, they know better, and they know the, the, the Lord uh, lives and, and the, the blessings of God, and yet they continually walk away from His prompting uh, and His leading. Um, and so the people, including the people of Judah, uh, that southern kingdom that remained a little bit more faithful, a little bit longer to the Lord, Ultimately, what their downfall was was they let their walk with the Lord grow cold, and they stopped praying, and they stopped bringing their sacrifices to the temple they stopped going to it to worship before long, the church was something that they used to do, or something you know that was old fashioned and uh, you know you might go on the the High Holy Days, but that was about it. And by the time of Isaiah, that you know came. They many didn't even celebrate the Passover. Uh, they and so uh, their relationship with God had gotten so cold. And so God gives the prophet Isaiah this message to the people and to us: Wake up! Uh, it's time for you to wake up and be alive in your walk and your relationship. With God. And the first wake up that we need is, that God reminds us of is to wake up the people of God. Uh, this chapter is addressed to those who were right, to those who seek after God, those that are trying to do what's right and at least have some tie or some inkling of being a child of God. And so he says, listen, wake up, you remember the heritage that you have. And he starts by reminding them uh, of Abraham and Sarah, who the Jews considered, you know, their, their father held Abraham in very high regard. And Jews today still hold Abraham in very high uh, regard. And he reminds over and over again, he says, listen, I'm the one that has uh, the ability. I'm the one that made you. And so you should want to have a relationship with me. He said, remember that I'm your maker. He said, not only is Abraham the one that was the father of the children of Israel, but he said, also remember the ground that you were hewn out of. Remember who your maker is. And boy, do we need to remember that. Uh, We all need to heed that important reminder. That we've got to wake up and remember that we are the people of God. That God has called us uh, for a special purpose and a special uh, reason. And the most important part of that reason is for us to be His. Not the things that we do. That's not what's most important to God. The thing that's most important to God is that we're His. That we understand, we recognize, and we live as if we belong to him. And the nation of Israel had stopped doing that. And so they were going to find some captivity. In fact, they were going to endure some very difficult uh, circumstances because they refused to listen to the Lord. There are a lot of us, and I pray that, you know, it doesn't happen very often, but all of us probably at one point or another in our Christian walk have gotten where we were a little bit drowsy in our walk with the Lord. And boy, you know what, uh, it's dangerous when you're drowsy, isn't it? It's dangerous to do things. We make mistakes. We're not paying as much attention as we want to. Many car wrecks that happen are happen because people are drowsy. They're not paying attention. Uh, you know, the, you know, people die every year from accidents because they fell asleep at the wheel and ran off the road, hit a tree, or you know, hit a, hit another car or something terrible like that uh, because they weren't paying attention. And so God reminds us that we must pay attention as the children of God. We must pay attention to our walk with the Lord. We we must praise Him. We must pray to Him. We must worship Him. We must walk with Him. And when we don't, guess what's going to happen? Our hearts are going to grow dimmer. Our light will grow dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Until ultimately it snuffed out, and it's not the Lord that snuffed it out, it's we that snuffed it out because we wandered away from the one that gave the light. And so Isaiah reminds us that we need to wake up and remember that we are the people of God. Secondly, uh, we need to wake up to the power of God. God reminds us said, listen, hear me. He said, salvation is going to, to come your way. But listen, uh, you know, I created uh, the world. Remember that it's my arm, my hand that uh, saves. Remember that it was my hand that was active in creation. Uh, you know, that he talks about um, drying up the waters of the great deep in, in verse 10. And talking there about creation. Remember that on that first day, God separated the land and the water. Nobody could do that besides God. God made that to happen just and then went on and created everything that that 's in the world, you know even the sun and the moon and uh, night and day and the animals and birds and fish and mankind god's hand did that. God would part the water one more time for the children of Israel. You remember in the book of Exodus, as the Pharaoh was chasing after the children of Israel and they got to the Red Sea, what happened? Man, they were scared. They said, oh, no. Here Pharaoh's behind us and we've got this wall. We're doomed. And yet God told Moses to cross over. And when Moses put his foot in that uh, sea, what happened? The waters parted again, and they walked across, not in mud, but on dry land. And millions of people made it across and were saved, and then the Pharaoh and his armies were down there in the middle of that sea, and God mushed the water, and they drowned. It takes a lot of power to do that. And the thing about God is His power does not decrease with age like it does for us. Uh, as we get older, we're not as strong as we once were when we were young. Uh, you know, our bat- batteries, you know, they last for a little while, but they, the more we use them, they they drain, and we have to replace them. God's power is not like that. God's almighty. And he has all power, and he always will have all power. His power never ceases, and it never even lessens. And so... Isaiah says to people, remember that God had the power to create. God had the power to save us from water. And God even, uh, you know, had the power to use these heathen nations to come and take you captive to be instruments of his judgment. Did they recognize, the Syrians and the Babylonians, did they recognize that they were hands and instruments of the Almighty God? Eh, probably not. And yet they were, and guess what? God says, you know what? That same power that they that they were using against you, and they came and they you, you know were bad to you and they walked all over you. God says, My hand is going to turn that around on them. My hand's gonna deliver you and then I'm going to punish those Assyrians and Babylonians. He's already mentioned that a few times in this uh, book. God says, remember the power that God has. Why do we need to remember that? Because we need to remember, first of all, that God has the power and God will judge. And if we walk away from Him and we're unfaithful to Him, He will judge us accordingly. But also that he has the power to deal with any situation that comes our way. So that no matter what we face, we know that God is there. And he has the ability to take care of whatever obstacles, whatever barriers, that, whatever uh, valleys that we face. God has the power to do something about it. And the thing is, he promises that he'll use that power for our good and for our comfort. Not that we're, you know, feel good, but our comfort in knowing that God is always there with us and that he's there for us. He said, you know what? Your children, they're not there for you. They've left you. And you're going to find desolation, destruction, famine, and sword. Who's going to be there for you? And God's answer is, I'm going to be there for you. When everyone else has left us, and it seems that all is gone and lost, that's when God can step in and do great things. Because God, when... It doesn't matter how bleak it seems. When God is there, things are always going to be okay. They may not be easy. They probably will not be easy. But we'll be able to make it through because God will be with us. Not in our power, not in our strength, but in His. And so we're reminded of Philippians 4.13 where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's Christ that gives us strength. It's not that we become super Christians by following the Lord and doing what we're supposed to, but it's the power of God working in our life that is only realized when we're walking with Him. The lesson of the Israelites to us is that, hey, listen, when you walk away from God and you just go through the motions and you put God on a shelf and walk away from Him, You're in trouble. And bad things are soon to come. Don't be surprised when they do. Boy, we see that work out in our lives and in the lives of those around us. We certainly see it in Israel's life, in the history of the nation of Israel. Boy, when when they walked with God and and knew God, they saw God and His power working in their life. But when they weren't walking with Him and they were trusting in themselves, they were perhaps unaware of their situation and uh, as far as it was in their relationship with God, but they weren't really thinking about God. And they were cruising through thinking, hey, we're doing pretty good. But in reality, they were headed for great trouble and they were only making their situation worse. All they had to do was go to the one that had the power to redeem them and they could have avoided the lessons that they were going to have to learn in captivity. But aren't we also like that so often? Doesn't it take difficulty sometimes? And it take the the prodigal son moments where we find ourselves in a metaphorical pigsty. Hungry. Often God has to bring us to the lowest point for us to look up and realize He's there for us. So we need to realize that we are the people of God. We need to realize the power of God. And then lastly this morning... We need to wake up the praise of God. Listen, when we remember that we are God's people and remember that we have God's power available to us and that God works in our life every day and all that we have is a gift from God, the natural result ought to be to praise Him. But the... Scar and the mars of sin have made us selfish and unthankful people. And thankfulness is a work of the Spirit, it's a work of renewal. It doesn't come naturally. But when God has come into our life, and as He's working, the natural result is praise. And by the way, our praise of God is what keeps the power of God and Activated, if you will, in our life. The more we we praise, and the more we spend time worshiping God, and the more we spend time with God in His Word, and the more we realize how blessed we really are, the more we see God working in our life. And the natural result of that is praise. And so God says, hey, listen, remember that I'm going to deliver you. Yes, you're going to have to go through some things, but I haven't cast you off, then I'm still there for you. And so he said, remember to praise the Lord, the one who has delivered you. Verse 11 gives this great promise, kind of the central verse that's really the key to the whole thing. Let me read it for you again. So the ransom to the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy in their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So God says, hey, listen, yes, when you seek after me, you come back to me, even though you're taken away captive, I've not cast you off. And there was this remnant that God has talked about throughout the book of Isaiah. There's this remnant, there's this small number of Israelites that would be faithful. And the reality is those that are faithful to God are always in the minority, unfortunately. But praise God that God always has a remnant. He always has a minority that's praising him. And he's working in the midst of that minority to accomplish great and mighty things that those in the majority can't understand and can't accomplish on their own because they're missing the power of God. And so he says, yes, yes, you're going to be taken away captive but i'm not going to leave you and so i said you still be faithful to me even when you find yourself in captivity you seek my face you praise my name you live how you're supposed to and i'll deliver you now the ultimate deliverance ultimately is eternal life when we leave this world and we're called into the next But Israel would know the deliverance of God. Yes, they would have to be held captive for about a century. But God would eventually raise up a king. A Persian king, by the way, that we met a few weeks ago named Cyrus that God named many, many decades before Cyrus would even be born. And yet it was King Cyrus, the Persian king that ultimately would let the Israelites return to their home. That God did do that. And so as we look back, we had the benefit of hindsight. As we look back at the Old Testament and the New Testament as well, we had the benefit of hindsight. We had the beginning of the story, but we also know how the story ends. And Israel's story, and as Isaiah is bringing it to us, is that ultimately, yes, Judah was going to be held, taken off captive. But ultimately, they would be able to come back home. But that's not the end of the story. Tucked throughout the book of Isaiah is this scarlet thread of what the Lord would do the Messiah, the Promised One, who is Jesus Christ. How He would come and, and deliver us and make a way that we could be saved, that we could experience final and complete salvation and victory, our victory in Jesus. We won't find victory in ourselves, but we can find it in God. And praise God that God reminds us that, listen... Yes, we are the people of God. And the people of God should know the power of God, and when we do, what's the result? Is the praise of God. And so praise should be something that you know, part of praise is is worship, it's song, it's it's thankfulness, it's petition, it's all of those things. And it's something that we should do not just on Sunday morning at nine and eleven if we're really, you know, crazy and come twice. It's something that we ought to do every day. We do it corporately on Sunday and on Wednesday night when we gather for prayer meeting and Bible study, but it's something that we should be doing individually throughout the week. And the reality is that the the praise of, of God is seen as God's people gather together corporately. It, it's meant that... The manifestation of Sunday is what's happened Monday through Saturday. as the people of God. And guess what? If you haven't talked with God Monday through Saturday, you probably ain't going to get much out of Sunday. And that's just the reality of it. And when a whole church is full of folks that don't get anything Monday through Saturday, then there definitely ain't going to be nothing happening on Sunday. And that's why hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches close their doors every year. It's because people allow their praise to get dusty. And they don't praise the Lord. And they don't thank the Lord. And they don't live for the Lord. Well, guess what? When we reject God, God says, all right, you go your way if you don't want to walk. That's fine. But friend, we better not expect God's blessing and God's presence when we walk away from Him. How do we make sure we stay near to the Lord? We praise Him. That's why Paul says in the book of Philippians, in all things, give thanks. When Paul said that, he was in prison. He expected that his life would be taken from him. When he wrote those words, he had been beaten and whipped and jailed for preaching the gospel. And yet through all those circumstances, what did he say? In all things give thanks. Because Paul knew the truth of what he wrote in Romans 8. 28, that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. And so God wants to remind the people of Israel, He wants to remind us, First Free Will Baptist Church, that you are called to be the people of God. And that God intends for you to know the power of God. And God expects you to Express the praise of God every day of your life. And I hope God will help us to do that. Let's stand together this morning. We'll be dismissed for Sunday school.